Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Retirement Elevated Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the show as we talk investing, finance, and retirement with Sean Lee and myself typically on here. But we got a special guest this week on the podcast. Mike Sorrentino is joining us. And uh, I'm going to let Mike come in and say hey. But if you have questions or concerns, reach out to Sean and the team by calling 855-50-RETIRE. As we always mention, 855-50-RETIRE. Before you take any action on anything you might hear on today's program, or you can also subscribe to the podcast at ElevateMyRetirement.com. First off, Sean, welcome in, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Hanging in there, not doing too bad. How about you, Mike? How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for asking. Well, thanks for being here on the show this week. And Sean, uh, what, what you got? What you want to talk about? Well, I, I feel pretty fortunate having Mike on here. Um, usually, Mike and I do a weekly webinar uh, that we, we talk about the markets. Uh, we decided to flip it this week. And hopefully, this is the first of many times that I can have uh, Mike on the podcast and, and really talk about what he's seeing in the markets, in the economy, how we're recovering, and really the, an overall outlook of kind of where we're headed as a country, at least economically. Well, we're going to talk about the state of the market today. So what's going on with the state of the market, Mike? Well, the market, I'd have to say in my professional career, which is you know relatively long at this point, I've never seen quite a, a paradox of sorts. You know, you think about the economic data that's been coming out rather consistently now since, I'd even say since March, the data is almost, you can't quantify it. It's so bad. We've never seen numbers like this. We've never seen 20-something million jobs lost in a matter of a couple of weeks. We've never seen TSA checkpoint data, all right, in terms of people traveling to checkpoints, down 98% since last year. The data is truly staggering. And in light of all this data that we're seeing, we're seeing a stock market that keeps going up, or it's, it's effectively recovered. It's like the COVID and it's not really even the COVID. Really, the problem was the government mandated shutdown of the economy. It, it's like it never happened to a certain degree. And that's created a paradox that I think has really confused a lot of investors. Mike, talk about this idea that, because you and I talk about it a lot. You know, there's, there's the economy, which is doing one thing, but then the markets are doing something else. You really can't correlate the two, can you? Is there, is there a reason why the markets are continuing to run? while the, the economy data is so bad? Ah, uh, that's the question. That's, that is the question, right? Because when you buy shares of stock, you're not buying shares in GDP, right? Or gross domestic product, a measure of economic activity. And that's the reason why the paradox exists, is that the economic data is backward looking, okay? When we see that gross domestic product for Q1 is down 5%, all right, which is a crazy number, that's backward, it already happened, okay? And we already know Q2 when it comes out in July, when that number comes out, that GDP number comes out in July, it's gonna be horrific. Probably the worst we've seen since the Great Depression, or maybe even worse than that, okay? But we already know that. We know it's gonna be bad. That's not a surprise. So, you know, that negativity has is, is effectively been baked in already into the market and into prices. What the stock market does is it's anticipatory, it looks in the future, okay? And that's the paradox, it's, it's a directional mismatch. Economic data looks in the past, the market looks in the future. And when the market's looking in the future, it's seeing that most likely this is not zombie apocalypse. Most likely the world's not gonna end and we're hopefully gonna get back to normal within the next 18 to 24 months, somewhere in that range. And I think that's, that's the key component 
And it's, I think that's where the source of almost all of this frustration and confusion is right now. And I'm not just talking about people sitting at home, individual investors. I'm talking about some of the professionals out there, the ones that are billionaires that are on TV all the time. They're scratching their heads just as much as some of the people sitting at home. So last week, you gave a write-up for us uh, and all the families that we work with that you you admitted that was going to turn some heads, that people were going to argue with you a little bit. And, and in this issue, you basically say, you know, based on the economic data and, and the markets, we're seeing that this recession could potentially be over before it even begins. Can you give your, your mindset and your thought process on that? Yeah, yeah, that's just right. I mean, it, it was kind of funny last week. The National Bureau of Economic Research, they're the ones that whether, they decide whether we think we're in a recession or not. I, for some reason, it's like the Oscar committee. I guess they just get to pick everything. So <laughs> they, they came out on Monday and said, we officially started the recession back in February. And the reason why I wrote that piece last week was that the irony I felt was that the, the recession may have begun in February. We waited till mid-June to make that official call. But yet, I think that same recession ended a month prior to the call being made. So I, based on the data that I'm seeing, the recession ended probably somewhere in early to mid-May. And the way I do that is just by looking at some basic employment trends. Specifically, I'm looking for a peak in two numbers. I'm peaking, I want to see a peak in initial claims for unemployment insurance and then a peak in, in continuing claims. And I don't really know for sure when the recession bottoms or the economy bottoms, but it's almost always between these two numbers. The interesting thing about this one is that this is the steepest economic downturn we've seen since the Great Depression. I mean, it's not even close, but at the same time, it's also the shortest. I mean, it's crazy. It took a couple of weeks, or I guess about a month and a half or so. The recession was sharp, violent, and then it ended, based on the data that I'm seeing so far. So with that, in this in this piece, you talk about the new bull, and if if the recession is over, uh, then we're actually in a in a new bull market. But there were really five interesting trends that that helped you support this theory. Can you talk a little bit about some of those? You know, we could talk a lot about sure. cyclical stocks or small cap stocks, but I, I thought these trends were pretty interesting. Yeah, well, that's you know, first of all, you're right. It's the market activity. I think more than anything, if you see. Some of these cyclical sectors like financials and energy, uh, materials, things of that nature, they've ripped and they've absolutely ripped. Now, we saw a little bit of weakness last week in these sectors, but when you see those sectors and then when you see things like small cap stocks outperforming large cap, that's a big deal because, you know, going into a recession, everybody assumes the world's going to end. I mean, that's, that's the fear kind of taking over and small companies are not big companies and they're not as strong. So they tend to, there's this idea that they're not going to survive the downturn. And and frankly, some of them don't. Again, when you see the economic data saying that the recession may have ended, then you see cyclical stocks take off. Then you see small cap stocks take off. Then you see uh, junkier names like the hotels and things of that nature that just got absolutely massacred in the downturn. They're starting to kind of reverse to a certain degree. And then you add on top of that, the utter disbelief that this could be happening. And I can't quantify that, okay? I, I don't have a, a number on my Bloomberg terminal that I could point to and say, okay, nobody believes this rally is real. This is just something from experience that tells me that when I hear people say there's no way this market could be going up higher, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't, and the number of times I've heard this doesn't make sense in the last several weeks, I've lost count. It does make sense. What doesn't make sense is 
the view of the world of, of which they're looking into, if this is confusing, because these factors, you, you discussed these five factors, just one of them, they can't stand alone. They, they don't work alone. But when you bring them all together, it tells me that we're in the early stages, a very early stages of the next bull market. Now, I don't know how long the bull market is going to go for. It can go for another you know, three months, three years, 30 years. I don't know yet. But everything right now is pointing to the fact that we're in a bull market. So let me play devil's advocate a little bit. This came out on Friday when last week we had some massive volatility. We had another day on, I think it was on Thursday, where the markets were down 1,800 points. With everything that you just said, and we saw the recent volatility, and we're seeing spikes in cases and potentially a second wave, do you think we're in for another correction? Yeah, I kind of walked into that one, I guess. Uh, I should not have said <laughs> everything. There, look, there, there's going to be volatility. If you look at bull markets, the early stages of bull markets, are they are incredibly volatile. And it's not like an everyday volatility either. It just They, they kind of mess with your head. Like Things are normal, a little quiet, a couple, and then just you get, you get whacked. And out of nowhere, there was there was a lot of excuses that were made for the day when the stock market was down so much last week. I think it was on Thursday. A lot of argue, uh, there was a lot of concern about the, what the Fed had said at the meeting. Which, by the way, the Fed didn't really say anything. We already we didn't already know. All right, so it couldn't have been the Fed. There are concerns about a, a second wave of the virus coming through. A second wave of the virus is not the that's not going to be something that's going to take the market down. I think what would actually really take the market down. It's fears that the government's going to shut the economy down again. And I think for all intents and purposes, the odds of that happening are extremely low. I mean, I think they learned their lesson. Uh, we're getting too close to the election. I just don't think that's happening. So my point here is that nobody really knows what happened that day. All right. My theory is that a lot of these cyclical sectors I mentioned earlier started to Correct. All right. We saw a little bit of weakness. We saw uh, people were looking for a reason to take profits because they made so much money in these sectors. They started selling them. And then the, the quantitative funds saw that activity and just jumped on top of it. And then it became like a gasoline on the flame type situation. But the pundits on TV can't say that because it's too, you know, it's not TV friendly. So what they do is they say, okay, their fears over the second wave. But I, I, I think that the second wave thing, is massively blown out of proportion. We have not seen a second wave anywhere else in the world of, of any sizable degree. And viruses, for the most part, are pretty consistent. The odds of one happening here, I think, are, are quite low. Awesome. Well, Mike, I appreciate that, that you took the time out of your day. I know that the start of the week is usually pretty busy for you as well. And, and hopefully the listeners of the podcast found this valuable. And, and we just were appreciative that you came on board with us today. My pleasure. All right. Thanks so much for being here, Mike. Certainly, we do appreciate your time. And of course, Mike Sorrentino is the Chief Investment Officer at Elevated Capital Advisors. And Sean, as always, thanks for being here. We appreciate your time. Glad you guys had a little bit of a roundtable on this. We'll keep an eye on things. And as we always do, we'll come back and talk in a week or two about more what's going on in the investing, finance, and retirement world here on Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee, Managing Partner at Elevated Retirement Group. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever platform you choose and give us a call if you have some questions or concerns at 855-50-RETIRE. That's 855-50-RETIRE. We'll see you next time. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.